I'm Pastor John Peterson. I'm Pastor Luke Ulrich. And I'm Vicar Jacob Kempfert. The Mount Olive Mankato podcast is your weekly message of peace with God through Jesus Christ. We welcome you to join us on Sundays in Mankato to experience the friendship of our congregation and Christ's love. For service times or to learn more about Mount Olive, visit us at mountolivelutheran.org. That's mtolivelutheran.org. And now it's time for your weekly message of peace with God through Jesus Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God, which we will consider today, is our Old Testament lesson recorded in the prophet Jeremiah. In the seventh chapter, there we read verses 1 through 7 in Jesus' name. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Stand in the gate of the house of the Lord and proclaim this message there. Hear the word of the Lord, all you people of Judah who are coming through this gate to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Reform your ways and your actions and I will establish you in this place. Do not trust in deceptive words and say, This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Sincerely reform your ways and your actions. Carry out justice between a man and his neighbor. Do not oppress the alien who lives in your land, the fatherless or the widow. Do not shed innocent blood in this place. Do not follow after other gods to your own harm. If you avoid these things, I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your fathers forever and ever. These are the words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed, some years ago during a particularly harsh winter, Joyce and I spent a week in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. We had such a good time there. The weather was so beautiful. The water in the Pacific Ocean was so comfortable for swimming. The food was so delicious. The sights were so interesting. About halfway through the week, I started talking about how we might actually move there and make that beach resort our home. What would it take, I asked, to stay here and live like this every day? That was crazy talk. That was never going to happen. There is, we know, a big difference between being on vacation somewhere and actually living there and working and dealing with all of the normal pressures and aggravations of our working lives. Our text today shows us a more important and beautiful and more needful place than any beach resort in the winter. And that place is wherever God is. Wherever God is, both in this life and for the life to come in heaven. 
So based on these verses today from Jeremiah chapter 7, let's consider this question as our theme. How can we live in this place? And here's how we answer it according to the word of the Lord. First, that on our own, we could not dwell with God. We lack the holiness that is necessary for that. But secondly, through repenting of our sins and faith in Jesus Christ, we are absolutely assured of living in that place. The scene of our text was an important religious festival in Jerusalem. The focus of the occasion was the beautiful temple where the people were entering for worship. So the timing was perfect. We read the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, stand in the gate of the house of the Lord and proclaim this message there. And who better to hear the message than those who were going in now for worship? But the message to be shared was not complimentary. It was startling and unexpected. This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. Reform your ways and your actions, and I will establish you in this place. Do not trust deceptive words which say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. If the worshipers intended to be in a good relationship with the Almighty God they were worshiping, if they intended to be at peace with him in his presence, then they needed to make some big changes in their conduct and in their thinking. Sincerely reform your ways, God told them. Don't just go through the motions of making yourself acceptable for entering and staying with me, but be sincere and make the changes that are necessary for actually dwelling and living in my presence. It has to be that way, for God's word informs us that only those who are holy and blameless can enter that place with him. The psalm writer asked, who may go up to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, whose soul is not set on what is false, who does not swear deceitfully. In other words, only those who have not sinned against God can actually expect to dwell with him and enjoy his blessings. And so if you and I were to place ourselves in that crowd, among those who were entering into the temple on that day in Jerusalem long ago, we also then would need to hear this same alarming message. But how do we respond to it? In Jeremiah's time, the people of Judah were very proud of their enormous and beautiful temple built in the Lord's honor there in Jerusalem. They loved to see it and enter it. They were happy to show it to visitors. However, this love for that place became a sort of superstition for them, which they came to depend on. Their reasoning went like this. Surely the Lord 
will not punish us or destroy us for our sins. His own house, his dwelling is right here in our midst. God would never demolish and wreck and ruin his own dwelling place. So long as they went through the motions by entering it at the appointed times, and as they observed the prescribed rituals in the temple, they thought they would be just fine. Still, what was the warning God wanted them to hear? He said, do not trust in deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, as if by saying those words often enough or loudly enough, they would be true and that nothing else really would matter or need to be done. You and I may at times be tempted to the same way of thinking, that is, being led to think that everything is really okay between us and God if we make an occasional appearance in that place where God's word is being preached and taught and where the sacraments of baptism and communion are being administered. It's a trick of the devil to convince us that everything is just fine between us and God if we remember to express respect for Christ's church and for the teachings of the Bible. But we don't really make a habit of going there to actually hear it proclaimed. Everything is okay if we don't entirely forget to visit the church from time to time, as meanwhile we neglect and ignore his word in our regular daily lives. Everything is okay for us as long as we once in a while call on God in prayer when we really need his help and then hope that he does not pay too close attention to our lives the rest of the time. Such an attitude of the heart towards the sincere and regular worship that God would have can become finally an inner angry rejection of the mastery God claims over our lives. Such an attitude can actually lead to some defiance of God and his word to the point that we may believe that we ourselves are the masters of our own faith, the captains of our own soul. How then should we live? How can we live in this place? How can we live each day of our lives at rest and happy in the presence of the Lord? How can we ever hope to live in his place when we have died? The answer to those questions is this, that it's by daily repentance for our sins and trust in our Lord Jesus for salvation. When the Lord first began his ministry here on earth, he announced, the time is come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the gospel. In the scene of our text, once the Lord had their attention, he told the people entering the temple through his prophet Jeremiah, sincerely reform your ways and your actions. Carry out justice between a man and his neighbor. Do not oppress the alien 
who lives in your land, the fatherless or the widow. Do not shed innocent blood in this place. Do not follow after other gods to your own harm. If you avoid these things, I will let you live in this place, in the land I gave your fathers forever and ever. So with these words, the Lord reminded his people of what was expected of their behavior towards others, especially those who were weaker, poorer, more vulnerable than themselves. This is all law. This is a conditional statement. If you do this, then the following will happen. This reminds us of what our Lord Jesus said once to a rich young man who approached him and asked what he needed to do to inherit eternal life. And when the man recited a summary of the commandments, Jesus told him, do this and you shall live. But instead of walking away encouraged and optimistic, the man slouched away in sadness. If you and I would save ourselves by our keeping of God's commands, then everything, everything depends on our doing exactly and perfectly just what he tells us. So the message of the law is troubling and exasperating. It frustrates our efforts to live as God commands because we realize we can't do it perfectly as he requires. When we are led to admit this terrible truth, this problem we face, then our hearts are ready to hear God's gospel message. And that is beautifully summarized in the last verse of our text. Again, we hear this. The Lord said, then I will let you live in the land I gave your fathers forever and ever. This promise reminds us that God's forgiving love for us, for Jesus' sake, is unconditional. It's free. The word which assures us of this is that one translated with three words in English, forever and ever. That's what eternity is. That's what makes this really a promise from God about heaven. And heaven is not earned. Rather, it's gifted to those who cannot and have not earned it or deserved it. This does not mean that it didn't have a cost attached to it. It did, a terrible cost. But that cost was assumed by, and it was paid by, someone else, by our Lord Jesus himself. Jesus paid our full entrance fee into that everlasting place with God above in paradise. And he did so by his life of daily fervent devotion and obedience for us and by his loving and willing sacrificial suffering is dying on the cross as he bore all of our sins for us to take them away. Before his time on the cross, Jesus told his disciples, in my father's house are many mansions. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again that you may be where I am. 
and then to further explain in answering the disciple Thomas's question, Jesus said these loving and familiar words, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is by daily repenting of our sins and trusting Jesus and the forgiveness that he won for us and which he offers to us in his word and in communion and in our baptism that we may have every right that we can expect to enter and to dwell in God's place when our time here on earth has come to an end. Repenting and relying, we can each of us have the happy anticipation expressed by the psalmist who said, One thing I ask from the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Yes, he will hide me in his shelter on the day of trouble. He will hide me in his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be lifted up above the enemies who surround me. I will offer sacrifices at his tent with a joyful shout. I will sing and make music to the Lord. You and I may not be able to enter and remain in every pleasant and beautiful place we visit in this world, we know that generally speaking, we have to keep moving. But we can expect to enter and remain always in God's place, God's loving presence through all of our days here on earth, trusting in all of his promises, relying on his love for us and his care for us and our lives. And we can expect that we will stay close to him by the power of the Holy Spirit through faith so that we can look forward to never leaving God's presence when we arrive in heaven. All of this for the sake of his Son, our loving and gracious Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forevermore. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.